Hello and welcome back to Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Megan Silas. And I'm Pam Marvin. We're very um, excited or feel kind of blessed, very blessed actually, to talk to you today about sin and virtue, i.e. self-awareness. During this time of Lent, because we're still in Lent, we really want to give you some tools to grow closer to Christ. And we know that sin is the main barrier. And oftentimes sin are very subtle and hard to notice. And so I've always liked to pray, but, you know, it does come with a caution. Pray the prayer, Lord, reveal my sin, but gently, please. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're hoping to give you a couple of tools to dive a little deeper into personal sin and how to recognize it and how to pray through it and ask God to heal parts of that. Right. Because obviously this is this is the whole work of Christian life, right? To root out sin, to grow in virtue. And, you know, in order to be the witnesses that we desire to be in the world, you know, we need to be authentic, integrated individuals who have taken the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, have come to believe it and then live it within ourselves. Exactly. Um, But the reality is, is that, you know, there are barriers to that that exist in our life right. because of the things that we've experienced, experienced the lies that we've come to believe, um, our own just, you know, human weakness. Our broken filters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's just so many things yeah. that can, you know, try to get in the way of us living out um, life in a way that God created us to live it. And so... Right. In order to really be at the work of becoming more and more fully who God calls us to be, we need to be willing to be very honest with ourselves about the areas that we are struggling to live in virtue. And I do think that um, it's good to think of the Christian life as a constant work in progress, that we should never become complacent. We should never think that we've arrived, right? Because no, there's you most always, certainly have not been. <laughs> yeah, there's always more work to be done, and right. always, always more layers to be peeled. I okay, you know, I'm going to give you a, a little just moment of honesty right here. You know, I last week had a spiritual direction session with my spiritual director. I wasn't the director. I was with my director. That went five hours what? because in, in, just by the grace of God, she had the time and we hit on something really deep in me that was very profound. That was very much mm. an area of woundedness that the enemy had gotten into and really spoke some major lies that had impacted the rest of my life that I hadn't even fully wow. realized. Praise be Jesus. I mean, a beautiful, amazing revelation mm. uh, and, you know, work of God. But just, you know, goes to show you, like, even, you know, when you're walking along this path and you're trying really hard to be a great, you know, Christian to, to the extent that you can, there's just always more, 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 more. That's what my spiritual director, loves. she loves to say that there's always more. Yes. And that's on the positive. There's always more grace and beauty and glory and goodness of God. But it also in the negative, in the sense that there's always more work to be done within us, always more refinement, perfecting that can happen. But the hope I want to talk into that is one of the litmus tests for um, progress is interior peace. 
because while um, we still struggle and we'll always struggle until our last breath with personal sin, our level of interior peace is dictated by knowing and being loved by God the Father, even in our brokenness and being aware of that. So there's two main things I want to really um, kind of focus on during this next 30 minutes. And the first one is when we want to talk about what pierces your peace. So earlier in my um, journey, and this has really just been in the last 15 years, when I learned this this particular tool, let's call it a tool. And that's what we want to do today is give some tools for our listeners to grow closer to our Lord and Savior. And that is by reducing sin and increasing virtue. So what pierces your peace? So I'm going to tell very personal disclosure here as well. Um, I was looking at my life, you know, doing some, uh, an examination of conscience at the end of the day and looking at what is really, you know, piercing my peace, what is causing me anxiety, what is um, just really disturbing me at my core, what is confusing me, those kinds of things. Well, upon that kind of reflection, it always went with a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. This person is upset. This person's causing me, you know, this person's treating me poorly or it always was around a person. And I started to notice that it was around a person and the Holy Spirit really said, okay, Pam, in here, you've got a sin. I'm like, wait a second now. <laughs> no, they've got they, a sin. <laughs> that's right. They're treating me badly. They're not being kind. And I was going through this and um, it was causing me great consternation. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, you need to look deeper. Go deeper. What is it? There's some, you have a sin wrapped up in there. And what I, what I came to understand is that I was putting too much value on human respect, the value of the opinion of others. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, their opinion was then if they were not happy with me, causing me great consternation. And the Lord was so tender and gentle saying, look, I'm the only person you should look to for approval, for goodness and kindness. Right. Now, do I do that very well, even though it's, you know, I, I, he gave me that enlightenment. Um, but even still today, I struggle from time to time. Um, but I want to say what happens as you start to really struggle and improve in some of these things, your first reaction is always going to be very human, very rooted in. And it's still today, boy, sometimes I'll tell them I'll, I'll react very poorly to something and I'll tell my kids, Give me five minutes. I'll get to the truth in about five minutes. <laughs> so You're very optimistic. That's pretty speedy. <laughs> uh, in some cases, right? That's my hope, right? right. Um, oh, yeah. Because I remember so very perfect example was uh, when I first got sick with COVID. I uh, I was just a hot mess. I was crying. And here I was going into it, you know, the whole pandemic I was going into it. If it's God's will, he'll get us through. I mean, I had, you know, just mm-hmm. really this really good positive attitude about it. Uh, it's God's will. Get us through. It's going to be okay. All is well. And I get it. And I was a hot mess, just crying and blaming my husband for giving it to me <laughs> and 
being embarrassed, you know, for some reason. And still today, many people are very embarrassed when they get it. They don't want people to know, which I think is very interesting. So you got to sin wrapped up in there, too. You know, there's that vanity about it. Maybe that you were supposed to be strong and not receive it. I don't know. So, well, I think it's also the just to speak at the covid situation i think it's almost like the leper thing oh. it's like when you get it it's like you're unclean unclean That's right. you know what i mean they, you know you're shunned and everything Ooh. and so yeah I, you could see why people would oh. be like i don't want anyone to know because then they're then they're everyone's treat gonna me be differently weird and around they me did. And, and they you did. said you said when they, they had did it people did feel treat you differently even after you were fully over it that is so true so it is yeah. that kind of that leper Oof. Well, you just answered my question, <laughs> but going back to that part about just, you know, really unpacking what is piercing your peace. Okay. That's just one example, Megan. Maybe you no, have I think one. that's a really important one because, you know, as a person who's been in spiritual direction for a long time and, and, and is now functioning as a director, that little thing that like looking at your life or your, your experience and, and pinpointing those moments, when was my peace shattered? When did I go into a place that I felt anxious, that I felt fearful, that I felt angry, that I felt the way I would put it is felt very out of control of my interior place. Yeah. I call it Pam being a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But th that I was th a hot mess for me. I think because I, you know, I'll be honest, I, I struggle with this sense of wanting always to be very much in control of mm. how I'm living, what I'm thinking, what I'm doing. Like I want it all to be very much ordered in the way that I think is right. So when I think thing, when things are going on within me that feel very much out of my control, when I feel that my emotions are running away with me and, you know, maybe my exterior like still is maintaining uh, a sense of, you know, doing what I want to be, you know, doing like, you know, I'm not necessarily even acting sinfully, but interiorly my peace is gone and I'm, you know, all yes. sort of embroiled in these right. thoughts and emotions that, that are uncomfortable and displeasing to me and all that. When you have moments like that, if you're in spiritual direction, that's what you want to go into. That's what you want to bring to that and help somebody have someone help you right. walk through that because often what you find is things are not as they appear you know just exactly. like you said there's a sin in there okay yeah maybe somebody wasn't treating you well in those circumstances True. like they were being you know you know thoughtless or rude or anything like that but the reality is is that that behavior may not have impacted you at all if it were coming from somebody else. True. But for some reason, the confluence of that behavior from that person to you at that moment led to a very strong reaction. Those are the threads that you need to start unraveling. What is it, what is it about that particular behavior from that person that right. that incited this strong reaction in me which is something that lends itself to talking about 
who are the people in your life that you give that power to? Mm -hmm. Who have you said, okay, I'm going to give them the power to really upset me if their opinion or their life, you know, right now I've narrowed it all down to just one person and that's my spouse. (laughs) (laughs) A very common one, in fact. But, you know, interestingly, um, my spiritual director just introduced me to a term that I had never heard before and it was, uh, she called it a soul bond. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that this term is can be used in a bit of a weird new agey way too but what she was referring to when she talked about it was that when you have given power to another person that they should not have in your life that you have created um an unholy attachment unholy attachment okay yeah and that if, if those exist they need to be broken Absolutely. And the only one that can really break those are the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of his grace and his name. Mm. But until you understand that one exists, you, you can't really intentionally ask for him to break it. Right. So, yes, dear listener, just know that if you do have any of these unhealthy attachments um, or hold opinions too highly of a person in your life, Christ really wants to heal that relationship. He wants to speak truth to you right now in your heart that you are a beloved, a beloved child of God in whom he is well pleased. He wants you to reorder yourself towards him and look toward him and not other human beings. Right. And these relationships, they don't necessarily have to be toxic relationships. I mean, they can still be relationships that are good in your good in your life and can bear much fruit. But they're going to be limited in their capacity to be fully fruitful, to be fully um, enlivened by the Holy Spirit and have the gifts that he wants to give through that relationship if you have a disordered attachment right. in it. So he, it's not so much that we're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, that if you're in a situation where you have a disordered attachment, you just need to break it off with that person regardless. No, you ask for God's healing within it. Um, and so often that healing can only come when you come to understand why you sought that bond in the first place. Mm-hmm. What were you seeking to fill that you latched on to this person and hoped that they would fill it in you? Right, right. Well, I see that too. Is like sometimes people just, the Lord puts people in your path and it kind of just organically grows that way because they maybe they're your, you work with them or, or things of that nature. But the one thing that I have encouraged people, for instance, um, I work in a doctor's office and sometimes people will get their feelings hurt by another. And so I talk about, again, like we just were mentioning, um, why have you given that person that power? So it begs the question, how do you coach a person to take that power back mm-hmm. and to give it to where it's properly ordered toward our Lord? I think it's a very fair question. So my brothers and sisters, if you're listening to this now and you've given too much power to a person to hurt you time and again, we're going to try and coach you into unplugging from that pain, unplugging that power, because the power really needs to be from Christ. So ask the Lord now just to to come into your life and reorder that relationship, take it off, the focus off that person that's that's injuring you and look straight to the Lord Lord, heal me. Come into that woundedness that allows me to look more at the person than at you. 
And what happens as a side effect of that, Megan, is that mercy and compassion on the person that's doing the injury starts to rise in your heart because they're coming from a place of woundedness. And mm-hmm. and to me, that's where it really begins. When you start to be able to detach your emotions from their emotions and say, these are mine and those are yours, I'm not going to like take yours on. That was a big problem for me is I would take on those emotions. Mm-hmm. But that really was a product of their personal woundedness, which I did not need to be taking on. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll use that old phrase. Uh, knowledge is power. Mm. And, you know, you ask, well, how you can have the power to break these things. And I, I do think that it, it does come from that self-knowledge, the, the understanding of what do I feel is empty within myself that is needy in myself that I'm seeking to have filled. Um, and there may be a variety of reasons why a certain individual was compelling to you to try to get that need filled from them and through them. But I don't think you can ever really um, break out of the pattern of this until you come to understand what is it that I'm really seeking here? Because you can break it with one person, but if you just keep that gaping, empty place open, you're just going to fall into seeking it from another person. Um, until you get to that point of understanding and surrender it to the Lord and say, I'm not asking you simply to just fill that space. I'm actually asking you to heal that space. So it's not like a sieve that even if you keep filling it, Lord, it's just going to keep emptying out because there's a hole in the bottom. You know, he needs to seal that hole and you need to find what is the hole and what caused the hole. Because until you get to that point, of understanding you, you, I don't think you can really come to the healing that's necessary right. to stop the pattern because I'm sure there are many listeners. Cause I know I came to this place in my own life. Um, at one point where I was just like, I looked back on my life and I saw a pattern of disordered relationships and I came to under, and I just got to the point where I was like, I can't keep doing this anymore. This has got to stop. And until you're convicted that you're just not going to do it anymore, you cannot keep doing this, like it's going to keep happening because you're just weak Well, in and, those areas. And, and to add to that, um, I, I've always called that a sin habit. If you've been doing this for 25 years, 15, it's mm-hmm. a sin habit and that takes time. Sure. To it's a process. It, it to is get, a process. Yeah. So I want to you know keep focusing more on these, um, let's say it's a... It's an indication of personal sin. The first one we talked about was, uh, gosh, no, we were just talking about you know, wanting the, or the piercing your peace, excuse mm-hmm. me. So that was one of the first things, what pierces your peace. So another indication, um, and this is just Pam's armchair spirituality person. This is nothing really um, in a textbook, but just something that I've found to be very well proven is um, another thing is when you get your feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. I would just sh- put that in disturbed peace for me. I mean, it kind it of is, is like the but, same, but, but a particular kind of it is. I think that's just like people can really relate very easily to, Oh mm-hmm. man, she hurt my feelings. Right. Okay. Um, which is all well and very possible they've done something that mm-hmm. way. But I want to say that that's also another symptom of that that desire of human um, human 
adoration, you know, right. there's that human yeah. respect that you're looking for. So if you're saying they're hurting my feelings, remember my brothers and sisters, you cannot change other people. You can only change yourself as much as we want to, as much as we can, can coach and do what we can, especially with our kids, it's just right and good. Just remember you are ultimately just responsible for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the things to change is when your feelings are hurt over and over again easily, know that that's disorder. That's not a place where Christ wants you. And you should be looking at him to to fulfill those deep parts of you. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's kind of that root sin of vanity. You're looking to someone else other than God to satisfy the longing of your heart. That's never going to work out. Yes, for sure. And pride can come in there because if you have this, you know, image of yourself and how you should be treated and then things happen that aren't in line with that, then you feel like, well, I'm being disrespected and, you know, whatever. But in the end, that comes from both of those things, both vanity and pride come from um, having your identity grounded in something other than how God sees you. So pride being your identity grounded in how you see yourself and vanity grounded, your identity grounded in how others see you. And both of those things are very uh, problematic because you're basing your identity based on a sinful individual (laughs) in both cases, you, the sinful one or the other one Mm -hmm. who is also sinful. And really what we're called to is to base our identity on the one who created us, who is perfect. And Mm -hmm. then we will be able to find the peace to understand ourselves in a way that is both merciful, but also honest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that we can work from there to continue to grow in virtue. Right. You know, Megan, as as we're talking about both of this, this, this pride of vanity excuse me, the sin of pride and vanity, um, we keep talking about fixing our gaze back on Christ. Mm-hmm. It's a disordered gaze upon another or ourself. And we just want to show our listeners, come on, let's, let's keep moving our chin up and gaze over on Christ. He wants to gaze at us. And with that, there's another indicator with pride that I think is nine times out of 10, a very good indicator that your pride is flaring. And that is anger. Anger is a very good indication that your pride is flaring, meaning it's not the way you want it. Mm-hmm. This is not ordered. This person is not behaving in accordance the way I want. Right. And, and so that's a good moment to sit back and say, okay, but how does God want it? Mm-hmm. You know, I like to really look at that. Yes. And I also think like it, as a practical technique, when you're kind of being pulled down into these places of anger or hurt feelings or any of these sort of things, uh, a good way to deal with it, to try to get out of it is it is a very inward focused thing. It's it's like what how I feel, what I want, all these sort of things. If we can do exactly what you said, turn the gaze towards the Lord and you can yes. combat sometimes these disordered feelings with the power of praise. So, you know, the Lord, he, he loves, um, an offering of thanksgiving, you know, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And so to, to say to the Lord, okay, these circumstances around me, they don't feel comfortable. They're not what I want. I feel like 
people aren't treating me well or whatever, but let me look at you. Let me look at you, the beautiful, perfect one who loves me even unto death, who has my good in, you know, in your mind, what you want from me, you have said, I desire your good. Like, and I trust you. I believe you. So to try to do that, to make that shift off of the navel gazing, <laughs> looking within yourself and to look up to the Lord and remind right. yourself of who he is. Well, Megan, that's such a great um, kind of lead into what I was thinking of. If, if you haven't done uh, something very special uh, way of praying, I really, really encourage you to, to practice the prayer of the holy gaze. So what that is, is you come up with um, your favorite image of our Lord Jesus, your favorite image, maybe, you know, save it as your phone screensaver or something like that, that favorite image. And so when you are having your, um, your peace pierced, you go to that prayer of just sitting in his presence and him gazing at you with love and you returning that gaze with love as well, which is a great healing way. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up this episode, we cannot go any further um, without talking about negative self-talk. Oh, the worst. It is. But honestly, like we call it self-talk, but you know, I'm convinced that majority of negative self-talk is really the whispers of the enemy. Oh, amen. You know, I would totally agree with that. He just loves to whisper in our ear. He is the accuser. Accuser. And you know, he's the liar. Liar. And, and, you know, and so when you hear those voices that say, you're not good enough. No one loves you. You're, you're less than. You're an, you're an imposter. You you're, don't belong. Yeah. It, Nobody wants you. All those things like. You're ugly. Mm, they're so, so damaging. You're so sinful. Yeah. Yeah, you don't even really love God. Yeah, you know? God's not real. Yeah, That's all a of big those one. things. Yeah, <laughs> all of those things. You know, and I think that um, sometimes I'm not lovable is a big one. That's too. a huge one. That's a huge yeah, I'm one. I'm not lovable. And when you hear those things, it's sometimes really, really hard to distinguish the the voice of the enemy. You know, and you think it just sounds so true. It sounds so true. I can't argue with that. You're right. You're right. Like you just, and then that process of consenting to that, that gives him power in your life Mm -hmm. and you're going to move forward, continuing to operate out of those lies. And I do think that for the folks who are listening, if you really are struggling with those kind of voices that, that are constantly informing you of your lack of dignity, your unworthiness, your unlovableness, your, your sinful, you're just sinful. Like you're all of those things. It can be really, really hard to navigate that on your own. So I would encourage you, you know, to either seek a spiritual director or seek a, um, you know, a spiritual confessor, if that's possible, even to, just a good spiritual, a good friend. spiritual friend, someone mm-hmm. that you really trust has their own prayer life that, that, you know, that are living that out in their lives because, uh, the enemy wants to isolate us and he wants to get us alone so that we don't have anybody else to have, um, a more objective, you know, ear towards what's being said so Mm -hmm. that he can just lie and lie and lie and get you so turned around that you don't know up from down. So one of the tools that I really like to mention is like, you know, those thoughts are going to come, but you need to bat them away. Come up with some type of, um, 
what I call a trigger, you know, that says, okay, I'm having a negative self-talk. I am going to, for the longest time I would do, get behind me. Mm, I love get behind the, me. I love in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to be silent. That's right. Like, because, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah or just say Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Or Jesus, Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes. One of my favorite little, uh, other, I heard this at a reflection in a retreat one time, the priest was saying that those, those that negative voice and talking ugly about yourself is like the bird that lands on your head and you must not let that bird build a nest but simply shoo it away so that right. it does not stay yeah that's good it's a great imagery on very that good so um, monitor it my loves you know this just like so true that if it is not beautiful and good and worthy um, mm-hmm. It is not from God because he is yeah. all good and all beauty and all worthiness. Yeah. So absolutely. So, you know, when you're struggling with that battle for to be more virtuous, to root out sin in your life, make sure that you're discerning the voice of the Lord because he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. And you can trust that. And so if you hear something that doesn't sound like the good shepherd, don't follow. Do not follow it because it will not lead you to green pastures. Shoo that bird away. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Lenten Friday. We hope that you were blessed um, by these words, that the Lord will stir things in your heart to draw you closer to him. Absolutely. Thank you for walking shoulder to shoulder with us. And until next time. God bless. God bless.